Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I am your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Brian. Uh, Brian is a artist and a sculptor. Um, if you haven't already, please do not stop listening to this podcast and go look at all of his amazing stuff that he has. I'll put links to all of it in the show notes. It's all very, very cool. Uh, but more importantly, he's a big From Software fan. We chat about Armored Core. We chat about the Souls games. Uh, we spend some time on Trying Against Dogma. So it's kind of a scattershot episode, but I think you're really going to enjoy it. So I'll let you get to it. I started on FromSoft at Armored Core 2 for okay. the PlayStation 2. And then I went back and played Armored Core 1 after that for a little bit. But it was because you jumped from PlayStation 2 back to PS1. It's worse than even going from the Xbox One to Xbox. So I'm on, I'm on Microsoft now. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, it was Armored Core 2. And uh, man, that is a game that is hard to get good at. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from what I understand uh, about Armored Core, it's, it's not necessarily a game that you that you actually like it's not like a like i'm just going to spend a lot of time shooting you're going to spend majority of your time kind of planning your mech build and balancing all of the weapons versus your overheating you and a, your yeah. stamina and all that stuff absolutely you do get at min maxing and then weapons jockeying but i mean there's that's like the benefit and the curse of that game too because once you find a like a metric or something that works incredibly well you become the enemy of all of your friends <laughs> this is like uh, I remember there was this one situation where um, so I played the, we played the game for a long time, my friends and I, and it has a uh, couch co-op um, mode, an arena mode, which is just a fabulous way to play that game. Uh, and it was, for one reason or another, you can just go through the game, because they're all run out in sorties, and then once you beat the game, you can go back and play the sorties as many times as you want to like memorize maps or like get comfortable with uh, you know the way the controls work and everything. But <clears throat> excuse me. But the uh, head-to-head combat in arenas is it's like a whole different ballgame because you're not like you know everything's scripted in the sorties. So playing against your friends plus with all of the hundreds and hundreds of different operate uh, out outloads loadouts. There you go, loadouts that you can use. Uh, it it really like brings it to a whole different level. Kind of like you know Dark Souls with the PvP. But I mean, you're flying around in a giant robot. <laughs> That sounds Uh, like Dark Souls PvP to me. That's pretty much what I remember. (laughs) Well, it's all about stamina management, really. You're just looking at that green bar and making sure that it doesn't go all the way down. So, what uh, is the uh, like? I I didn't realize that you could do like head-to-head multiplayer on, and especially as far back as PS2, like on an Armored Core game. Is that like what is the what is the combat like? Is it is it really just like stamina based like action thing, kind of like Dark Souls with the giant mech? No, not exactly, Um, because you're dealing with a a large arena, and there's a bunch of different kinds. Like, you have the open base arena, which is like the mega dome with a flat open area inside of it, where it's basically like nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. You're just like dealing with pure piloting skill. There are um, small maps, which are um, like kind of dangerous with like drop offs on the edges or uh, areas where you can just kill yourself. Um, there are like giant cityscapes with like skyscrapers and towers and like alleyways and stuff to hide in. So, you know, like you can't necessarily just always go head to head or it's not like, well, with Dark Souls, there's only been a handful of arenas when it comes to the PVP. And they all tend to be pretty small because you're a guy running around with a big sword, excuse me, with a big sword. So uh, with that head to head aspect of Armored Core series, because it's in all the games, um, 
you you have like so i had a friend that only wanted to use sniper rifles right mm-hmm. and and it's incredibly powerful and incredibly sneaky and requires a lot of skill he was like light mech long gun hiding and it was like he if you were in a certain arena he was really really good but there were like i had a, a build out that was almost unstoppable and it was basically just like a mega missile mech with that was light and had a really high regeneration for the uh, for the generator and a really good radiator to help with cooldown and the ability to hold on a lock from across the screen on my friends as they tried to hide from me. So you just hold it until your fire control system pings 12 times and then you have like the missile extenders and so you volley 28 missiles at them and they're done. It's just kind of like a, I don't know, it's, it's weird and then it's like, that gets to be in kind of like mech warrior phase where like mech warrior is a lot of like slow plotting around and shooting guys from a distance with howitzers and shit. But, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, uh, ability also to have a totally different build where you use only laser blades, like the moonlight blade, which is obviously, you know, the moonlight sword, uh, as it carries on to the dark souls series. Um, and then, yeah, just that personality. Like after you run out of your ammo, all you have is that energy blade. So, yeah, then your piloting skill is really crazy. Um, so it's it's way different than just like the Dark Souls stamina management or like working on like how to counter uh, a type of attack with a different type of attack or you know roll catch or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was really rambly. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. I, I, I'll let you run because uh, we don't we don't talk a lot about Armored Core on the podcast. So anytime mm. I get somebody on that. Um, not only has experience with it, but also has kind of a detailed knowledge like yourself. I'll just let him go. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there's I'm, a, there's I mean, a small I, but vocal contingent of Armored Core fans out there that I try to satisfy from time to time. Yeah, I love that game so much that I went back and bought a PlayStation 2 a year and a half ago or so. And I bought a copy of the game again just so that I could play it with my old memory cards. I found my old memory cards, those old 32 megabyte <laughs> PlayStation oh, wow. memory I'm, cards. I'm amazed that those yeah, things right. still worked, man. Jeez. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think I have ones that are for PlayStation that still work too. I was trying to get Final Fantasy Tactics up because that game is amazing. Little 3D chibi chess. Yeah, I keep playing. But, I, keep, uh, I keep threatening to play Final Fantasy Tactics because apparently the the iOS port is pretty good. Like the playing it on an iPad is supposed to be pretty, pretty yeah, interesting. But yeah, I've heard that. I don't have I don't have any Mac gear and I don't have any Sony gear. I miss out on so much stuff because of <laughs> the uh, console proprietary stuff. Anyhow, so that. Um, did, once you started playing Armored Core 2, obviously you got w- well into it. Did that kind of put From Software on your radar as a game company, or were you following Absolutely, games yeah, because it was, it was Armored Core 2, then it was Armored Core Another Age, then it was Armored Core 3, then it was Armored Core Raven, and, and I just kept buying them, Armored Core 4, and that was into the Xbox 360. Um, but by that point, unfortunately, the games, the Armored Core series games, had gone full into the number crunching, menu jockeying, stat tweaking. And at that point, it lost the fun for me because it got to be too much. You know, it's like too much information overload. That's when we get when you get to the end of the podcast and we talk about what I'd like to see. I have I have some ideas for that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so then that carried through. And then I had another, I love for another other games too that that flew in to there on the side, like Squeenix's uh, Vagrant Story. Did you ever play that? I didn't. No, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with it. It's a it's a PlayStation. Uh, era game. I think it's PlayStation. I think it's PlayStation One. I think it's PlayStation One. 
Um, but that is a, an old Squeenix game that's very stylized. Uh, you're <laughs> really weird storytelling, like dialogue bubbles with like not a lot of like dialogue sound. And uh, the that game was uh, set in like a kind of a dark medieval era that dealt with grimoires and dark magic and spirits and a bunch of different kinds of enemies and a bunch of different kinds of weapons and weapon crafting. So that and that was the first game that I ever saw where you could take a blade from a sword and combine it with a dagger of another metal and make a third type of metal, but it's an axe head. And then you can add that to a different kind of like handle and then a different thing to get a different effect. And then as you use these weapons on different classes of enemies, they would gain an affinity for that kind of enemy. So you would end up with, uh, let's say, a long sword that was just really good at killing humans or an axe that was good for killing like animals, like beasts and stuff, or like a scythe for killing ghosts or whatever. But they could be anything. You could have a sword for killing ghosts or an axe for killing humans or whatever. It just depends on how you wanted to uh, match your play style. And then, too, within that mechanic, the action mechanic, there was a timing phase where you would, as you were going to do an action, a lightning bolt would appear above your head. You could time a punch, kind of like they have with Sekiro a little bit coming out, where you would time a button push, and it would chain an attack. So you have the ability to chain attacks to gain effects or add effects or damage, but it also raises your risk value. And once your risk value reaches 100, you do a really, really good attack, or you miss, and you get you get messed up so uh it was kind of a kind of a cool thing where it like allowed you to do cool things with skill and chaining so like if you could attack someone not actually do any damage to them but heal yourself a little bit that's kind of like bloodborne it's weird how it had all these different elements in the kind of a janky game it worked okay the mechanics were weird obviously it was playstation era so the graphics were very polygon but uh if you get a chance look up vagrant story on youtube there's a bunch of like uh expose type stuff on it okay cool yeah i'm into it but yeah so so take that and then just carry on you know so i just kept playing games um i didn't find out about dark souls until after it was out so i didn't play demon souls it was totally off my radar but at that point i had already switched over to uh microsoft Mm -hmm. and uh was playing well i started morrowind way back in the day and morrowind was great uh, just the freedom to do whatever you want, to put whatever weird armor you wanted on. You didn't have to do anything. You could hide in a hole and go collect flowers. And, you know, that was all you needed to do That's technically to play the game. You could get a lot out of it. I mean, you wouldn't beat the game, so to speak, but you could still play it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That open world aspect. And that kind of world that just living. like sucks you in and lets you think that you're, you could just live in there somehow. Exactly. Full immersion, the full 3d, you know, it really pulled you in, even though it was Xbox and it was, lots of lots of errors but it was so fun uh just to explore you know just to see like what is what is over that hill i want to see what's over that hill and go there and then that like you know carries through oblivion into skyrim uh and i was playing skyrim when uh souls came out mm-hmm. and i was like oh so like souls i don't know because my my friend at, at the at the metal shop i work at uh one of my former co-workers was like you gotta play this game I was like, I don't know. It's like, dude, if you like Skyrim, Dark Souls is so much better. I was like, eh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm really into this Skyrim thing. I got almost all the Dragon Priest masks. I've been doing this stuff, the shouts, and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like so fun and so rich. Um, but my friend Evan was like, no, dude, seriously, you don't know. So, all right, fine. So I grabbed it. And I, I gave it my all. 
I gave it my all. <laughs> <laughs> I take so it I this the first attempt did not go very well. The first many attempts did not go very well, but I like, gave it my all because uh, I just didn't understand. Because it was, you know, because as everyone says, it's not like any other game when i'm like okay well here i level up at this bonfire i have these stats let's see um i'm if i raise my strength that means i'm gonna hit harder now uh you know i have all really high strength but don't level up your weapon you're not gonna attack anymore and i just it didn't click to me at all so i re-rolled uh you know i re-rolled a, a warrior i re-rolled a knight I, re I tried a pyro i tried a, everything and i was just not really getting much farther than into where the gargoyles are to the first bell essentially working my way through and i'm like well shit maybe i'm just like i'm just not doing it right i'm not high enough level so i'm like oh well, i get to the drake on the bridge and knock the ladder down this is all you know uh just original dark souls you could just like farm the unending hordes up there with the dragon blood breath and my poor wife sat and watched me do all of these wrong things <laughs> for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and not really getting anywhere. I think I, the farthest I got on my original like push, my, my, my siege of Dark Souls, was just to the Gaping Dragon. And as soon as the Gaping Dragon boss dropped down, I was like, oh, hell no. And I just stopped. <laughs> which is sad because the gaping dragon is not bad <laughs> the gaping dragon is actually pretty squishy it looked but it looks very scary it. when you first see it i yeah, will say that it, yeah absolutely and my friend wasn't helping because he was just like playing it up so high because he's like in tomb of the giants you know when he shouldn't be with the lantern and whatnot like trying to be really quiet and sneak around and i just didn't like it was all so magical and mystical and foreign to me everything was in like a cloud of smoke that it was just ethereal and and like uh just terrifying <laughs> in sure. a way yeah. um so i bounced off of it a little bit and i jumped into dragon's dogma and uh that game is pretty easy to beat <laughs> um but it was a lot of fun so uh i did that and then when dark souls 2 came out uh i got back into the soul series full force with dark souls 2 vanilla uh, what was it about it was two they got you where one didn't what do you think i think it was the, fa the fact that they made the enemies uh despawn after okay. you killed them x amount of time so i could go into an area and i could like work at the enemies and try to figure it out and like even if i just like killed a few of them and try to get to an area eat 10 runs in you know those guys start to disappear and it makes it easier for you to get farther to get until you get better where you don't actually have to kill you know, the enemies all uh, to get through, you know, you just run past or you just circumvent or skip enemies or what have you. But that in the beginning for me, because I was just like so ham fisting the game, uh, it made it um, easier for me to approach. Plus, I mean, Dark Souls 2 vanilla with the miracles, lightning bolt. Come on. It was easy. <laughs> I mean, it made the game a lot of fun. And they have that, you've seen it, I'm sure, on both, like, kind of like simplistic anime of like the fun time dark souls where it's like the two guys doing their little uh animated thing they're like oh lightning bolts and they're just like hucking lightning bolts and just everyone's having fun anyhow no i know exactly uh, what yeah, you're so, talking about the uh like that that first like faith build before they nerfed it into the ground was crazy how much damage you oh, can do in dark souls too oh absolutely and uh and because of that mechanic the the dead world mechanic we'll call it I have one of those games on Dark Souls 2 Vanilla on my 360 save, if that memory is anywhere in the world. There is a dead world where there are no enemies up to the Dragon Shrine. 
That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> just you just sure. depopulated the entire game. <laughs> yeah, in a in a way, it's awesome because it kind of like you know I didn't have to, but if, if for a while it was like you know I'm just yeah I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to kill everything <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, and you end up getting luck. So it's cobalt right outside uh, Aldia's. They just drop the highest craziest gear. It's all Black Knight weapons and like high level miracles. It's fun. I don't know if people know that. That's that's interesting because uh, I, I've heard kind of the opposite on a lot of times with Dark Souls Two and the the enemies he's populating because uh, there's a there's a small contingent of people out there that really like to grind in these games and of course that mm-hmm. kind of prevents you from doing so. To me, uh, it was never about grinding or it was never about progressing. When I started playing Dark Souls Two and I started noticing that I was uh, depopulating the enemies, I was like, "Oh, this is the game's way of telling me I'm a fuck up. Like, I you were a terrible Dark Souls player because we're just oh, gonna right. let you, you walk to, to the boss. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> you need to keep going. Right? It, it was it was very demoralizing to me at that point. <clears throat> mm-hmm. How long did you uh, did, did did you play? Did you finish Dark Souls Two Vanilla and play I all the DLCs? I did finish Dark Souls Two Vanilla. Mm-hmm. I got to this Dragon Shrine. I was out there flying around and. Uh, I think Borderlands 2 came out. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, Borderlands 2 came out, and I think you've seen a little bit of my Borderlands prop work on your on the Discord. Uh, I was a huge Borderlands fan, also, I should say. That's like one of the only shooters that I really, really dig on. Borderlands 1, 2, and the pre-sequel, I have easily 1,500, 2,000 more hours. Just, it's, yeah, unending. Um, so yeah, I jumped into Borderlands 2, played the hell out of that, um, all the DLCs and everything, the couch co-op with my wife, the multiplayer with my friends online, so much fun. Um, and then that just rolled for a long time and it kind of, Dark Souls kind of fell off my radar a little bit. It was like kind of a dark period <laughs> in a way, um, to hear, to say that, uh, Dark Souls had slipped off my radar, but yeah, um, I, I wasn't even thinking about it and before three came out, I heard inklings of three coming out. Um, I found bonfire side chat and, uh, through just like be wanting something to listen to while I'm working at the metal shop, you know, tired of listening to the same albums or whatever and getting into the, you know, the growing podcasting world. I found Gary and Cole and started to listen to their show. And through them found out that there was such a thing as scholar of the first in Cause I didn't even know that that was a thing at all until i was listening to them talking about their run through and i'm like wait a minute that's not i don't remember that in dark souls 2 and then doing a little bit of research finding out oh hey here's dark souls salt scholar of the first sin you can get it on your xbox for 20 bucks or whatever the heck it was like yes jump back into <laughs> it and that that's great i love the upgrades to scholar and uh instantly went back in uh ran through did all the things did everything beat beat everything i didn't uh i fucked it up when i didn't beat aldia and i didn't beat the dark lurker or is that no abyss walker no no dark lurker dark lurker is the one that you have to yeah dark lurker yeah the horrible the three dungeons to get through yeah yeah. (laughs) grind through havel and something else to get to yeah so then yeah but yeah i went through and beat nishandra and did the whole did the things um dabbled in the dlcs a little bit but didn't really i haven't beat them completely because they just seem like they're just hard which isn't bad but it's it's great content but at the same time it's like 
I don't know. It seems like after I've done all of Dark Souls 2, if you're just if that's the only game that you're playing and you're really dedicated to playing it, by the time you hit those DLCs, it's just kind of like, <laughs> more. It's a long game. Okay. <clears throat> it's a, yes, it's an incredibly long game. It's How really did uh, game, incredibly long game. You mentioned you picked up Scholar on 360, right? No, I guess Scholar on one. On, on Xbox, Xbox One. One, okay, okay. I was, I was gonna say because I, I didn't realize that it, they, I knew they had patched the 360 version to get it up to, to, to like to do some of the changes, but a new Scholar was, I thought it was just a release for Xbox One and PS4, so I was, kinda, I was just kind of confused. But yeah, yeah, that makes much more yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I got. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got it up to one. Cool. Yeah, the uh, the graphical upgrades that they made, I think, make that game really look real interesting. Like the the 360 version that I played of Vanilla was kind of ass <laughs> like the game just really didn't look very good in a lot of places okay i can see that i mean that is just kind of the way yeah <laughs> games go sometimes um but yeah the the yeah the graphics upgrade um even just like the changing around of the, of the enemies i think some people say they don't like it i like it i like the fact that they they cranked it up um but then again i'm you know a, a veteran of, of Dolph of souls 2 so uh but there is. A, I have a friend in Minnesota who also is a dramatically huge Dark Souls fan, and he loves two. I think two is probably his favorite. Uh, and we've done multiple co-op run-throughs together, just for grins, having fun. <laughs> just two punchy, two bunchy bros having a good time. Yeah, that's a lot of how I played Dark Souls lately. As a, as a when I so three came out. Okay, we'll jump up to three. Three comes out. I skipped Bloodborne because I don't have a PlayStation. Sadly, uh, I haven't got a chance to play that yet. But I've seen a bunch of the uh, you know the stuff online as it's everywhere. Um, and uh, Lovecraft is cool. But uh, so Dark Souls Three comes out, and uh, I grab that, and I'm playing through it, and I solo ran that um, all the way to um, the notorious guys. Can't remember the clan fans right now. But the uh, so many times. Um, oh shit the exactly right how does this happen i was listening to the podcast and i hear somebody like flubbing a name and i'm like come on it's this person it's this person yeah yeah people <laughs> start yelling at their radio the abyss watchers is that yeah the abyss watchers that's go. it yeah. yeah yeah they're not walkers they're watchers they're watching and uh yeah i got up to the abyss watchers and then um found out that another friend of mine in dusseldorf was playing the game and was like oh great cool like let's you know and that's where co-op started for me uh was there on that game and then just like basically co-op through the rest of the game um but i have so many oh man that three i like three so much i played that game before i took a year and a half break for like more than a thousand hours wow and i'm at i just checked my stats the other day i'm at 40 days and 19 hours in that game <laughs> is that mostly co-op or is that some uh a lot of it's co-op but even not even just like me talking to people knowing co-op but i love to go and sherpa people i have one guy whose name is sherpa man mm-hmm. um and he just i went in and what i i twinked down a black uh raw black night glaive or not raw but you know on an upgraded black night glaive to him and he sat in the cathedral of the deep because you can get there really easily at a really low level if you know what you're doing and just get into the cathedral of deep and then just sherpa people through like single runs and just run people through don't level up just you know bank souls get like 1.5 million on a level 20 
to a guy or something. And, Jesus Christ. But it's just because it's fun. I know that area and I really enjoy playing the game so much. And it's like just getting used to uh, handling invaders and uh, like that kind of thing. Uh, and then there's the other end, which is being the invader, the uh, the dregs bros, the, uh, the the protectors. Man, that is so much fun. When I when I came across that, and I went, to, I finally beat those two gigantic lightning dogs down in the big in the, the watery basement on the water reserve, and got that covenant. It was just on. I had so so much fun playing <laughs> and just like random invading, like. You like come back from your last invasion. You get up at the bonfire. You're like, how far can I get up the ladder this time before I'm invading again? <laughs> uh, you don't even get. And, and it's, yeah, it's just so. Oh man! And then the oh the Black Knight Ultra Greatsword, my fave. Really, I liked it so much. I, yeah, I liked it so much. I had to make one. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. This this is probably a good idea. You've mentioned it a couple of times, but um, you you know you're 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 a metal worker by trade. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say I I picked it up. Um, I make a lot of things. I've been in everything. I've been a carpenter. I've been a locksmith. I've been a, a landscaper. I've been a house builder. I've been uh, everything. Uh, mostly just an artist at, at start. But yeah, I, uh, I'm a maker of things. And a metal worker right now. For the last 13 years, I've been a metal worker. And uh, yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> and I got into making props um, with the Borderlands. So, so I have a handful of Borderlands full-size people size props that I've made over the years. Is that, is that just uh, like for funsies or is that commission work for cosplayers or like what? Uh, which, some of it, some of it ends up being kind of commissioned. I did it for myself because I was like, I had a ran into a heavy bout of insomnia and, uh, I just like couldn't sleep. And I was just feeling like really like void. We'll say in my life. It just like, I just needed something like creative. I was making all this stuff for like some metal worker and a craftsman and make stuff make all this stuff for other people and give all of my energy away that I ended up hollow a little bit on the inside. I decided like, why am I, why am I not making anything for myself? Like, you know, look around online and I see people making things that I always wanted to make. Why don't I just do it? So I did. Um, I started out making, I made a borderlands, um, buzz axe from borderlands Two. um, I made it out of metal and wood, so it is awesome and incredibly dangerous. <laughs> Y'all, uh, if you've got any of that stuff, any of the pictures and stuff up anywhere, I know you've been putting them in the Don't Give Up Skeleton Discord, but uh, if you've got them up somewhere, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes so people can go check it out. It's all very cool stuff. Like, it looks really, really good. Oh, cool. Yeah, I can just, uh, well, just my Instagram has most of the stuff on it. Just the farther you go back into it, the returns from being robot models, which I make mostly now, to the uh, the larger scale props. Um, but yeah, so that, that was a kicker, and it was weird because once I started working on on that stuff, it's you know sleep came back, life started feeling normal again, started uh, getting into that, and then it was not just making the one offs; it was getting into making the molds and figuring out how to cast things so that I can distribute them out to other people at a, a rate that would be logical. Because doing one off builds is incredibly expensive. But if I can do all the time, like put in, you know, three months work into a sculpture and then make a handful of gigantic molds out of it. And I also learned how to rotocast and build my own rotocaster. And then then I can take those things and make them something that can be sold to the public or to 
artists that might want it. I have, a, I have an Etsy store where I sell um, blank kits of my pops, replicas that I've made. So if artists or cosplayers would like to buy them, they can. I've sold a few, probably six or seven of the Malone SMGs. I sold only one of the big shotguns, uh, maybe close to a dozen of that. Um, but just like, you know, it's more of a, I want to help people because it's, it's not as easy to do the sculpture part as do like the artsy crafty paint customized part. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I can give uh, a quality canvas, we'll say to an artist that really doesn't have maybe the skill or the capacity to, to produce that, then I think that that's a, that's what I was trying to do as a win. Uh, fortunately it's incredibly expensive still to make <laughs> all the molds, make all the stuff and the, 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 the product tends to be a little bit pricey. What talk oh, yeah. about the process of making the uh, the wolf sword that you like so much? Like, what did you? How did you go about even starting that process? Were you just like taking oh, the, block, the, great, the ultra gray sword? Yeah. Um, I basically, uh, I well, I went. I took the the scholar version. I got some good screen stills because if you um, put the sword uh, in your right hand, but then two hand a shield that sits on your back, right? Mm-hmm. So I took that and I just took some screenshots on my TV and then I measured myself and measured the height of the sword versus the character, which the player characters in Dark Souls 2 are actually fairly short uh, because when I scaled the Black Knight Ultra Great Sword to my height, it's over 80 inches long, which is huge. I'm (laughs) 6'4", so I'm a pretty big guy. But yeah, it is a a gigantic sword. So from there, it was just into, uh, I had the basic height and then I knew kind of like the shape that it was supposed to be. I also have all the design works and stuff because I collect art books and I can't not buy Dark Souls stuff. I have so many t-shirts that are so cringeworthy, you wouldn't even imagine it. <laughs> um, but then so from design phase, it was just material selection. I just got some two inch uh, insulation foam for like scoreboard insulation and just started drawing it out, cutting it out. Um, and shaping and then uh for making the the cross guard which is oh it's my dog <laughs> um so for making the cross guard it's uh obviously it's this like decorative hammered almost like demon head or lion head um and it's uh it's mirrored but so for that i i just took a good screenshot of that and then i took a whole lot of time and i drew it all out meticulously one to one i drew it all one to one uh and then transferred that one-to-one outline onto a sheet of 16-gauge brass. And then I started to teach myself how to do repose, which is uh, the process of taking like a flat sheet of metal and um, hammering it with specific tools to raise and lower the surface to make a, uh, like a base relief sculpture. Now, I've never done anything like that before, and I don't have any books on it. I do have one on armor making, but it didn't really have a whole lot for decorative stuff. So I just kind of like thought about how I wanted to, how I wanted the material to move. You know, if you're like, if you hit something with a hammer enough times throughout your life, you kind of figure out what the hammer is going to do. And I've been using hammers since I was a little kid. So <laughs> that's actually so a pretty good like, metaphor for Dark Souls if you think about it too hard. <laughs> actually, yeah, it really is. It's a quotable quote me on that one. Um, but yeah, so I just started, you know, I, at the anvil i i made a few tools that i thought would be the right shape for what i was working on for and you know you start hammering and go through it uh i was actually thinking about this last night uh in preparation in a way for today's talk but i would guess that uh, i hammered 
I used to, so I used to try to count how many hammer blows it took to make the forms. But then I was thinking about it, and if we do it, if you think about it, I worked for, let's say, it took me about 90 days to do both the reposes. And in that amount of time, I probably swang, swang. <laughs> I probably swung my hammer uh, and struck this, the metal easily a million times. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because of the amount of detail. And you don't think about it. It's like ping, 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 or like, you know, strong strikes or whatever. It's so much. But uh, yeah, and then it makes the other side mirror. So, um, but yeah. That just I made that just on a whim. I didn't even do it for uh, anything more than myself. Um, it's got a big brass tube inside of it for the strength of the handle. I uh, embedded aluminum rods to keep it straight and then wrapped it in fiberglass, um, sanded it all down, <clears throat> and then airbrushed it all. That's awesome. That's very cool. <sighs> I, 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 yeah. I'm sitting here imagining like the last thing. <clears throat> excuse me the last thing that i've done a million times like unless you count recording <laughs> podcasts i don't think i'm even anywhere close up to a million so <laughs> right oh man that's that's great that's cool like now that you have it now that you're done like is it on the wall mm-hmm. somewhere like do you pick it up and go oh, swing yeah, it around yeah, and chop just, down some stuff what, what do you do with it well i mean i live in brooklyn so that probably wouldn't very kind of small here i've only been but, to brooklyn uh, twice that seems like it would, it would it would fit in pretty well actually from what i've seen <laughs> oh yeah no i mean People in the neighborhood thought it was pretty cool. And the people at the Halloween party I took it to also thought it was pretty cool. Everybody wanted a chance to, you know, swing it around. And, and that was pretty fun. I have a bunch of photos of different people wielding in different costumes and wielding my <laughs> gigantic sword. Because I made it out of uh, scoreboard foam, it's really not that heavy. I mean, it is 80 inches long, but the thing only weighs like 15, maybe 20 pounds. Oh, wow. So it's pretty light. Um yeah, at least I think it does. It might be it might be heavier. I don't know. I'm also a metal worker, so I'm fairly strong. Um, <laughs> well, I want to I want to switch gears for a minute because uh, you yeah. mentioned bonfire set chat kind of got you back into the this series mm-hmm. with kind of opening your eyes to the scholar edition of Dark Souls two. And we've talked a lot about like mechanics and co op and things like that that kind of brought you into the games or. Bonfire Side Chat is so much of a of a lore focused podcast, like the story and the kind of moving through it. Were you a Were you picking up any of that from the game, or or is that something she just don't care about, or what did it take somebody? Because I'm like this too. Like it took somebody telling me, like, oh, there's a reason that armor is there to be for me to even ask the question. Yeah, I had no idea that there were that there were reasons for things. I knew that the <clears throat> excuse me, I knew that the story was very thinly like given to you. It wasn't like you know, it's not like a Dragon's Dogma or a. Uh, what is the other one? Dragon Age? Yeah, where they really just like hit you over the head with the story. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't realize until it was listening to Gary and Cole talking, or even you or Brian Ward or any of the you know the guests that they've had on uh, of talking about you know, why things are where they are. That there's a reason for that stuff, and that really piqued my interest. And I got into that hardcore in uh, Dark Souls Three and was like looking for like why is this here? Why is that? And I think I even wrote into him a couple of times with like expositions to why uh why i thought things were where they were like uh just like you know funny quips interesting thoughts musings i remember i still think it too i remember uh when you're in uh the catacombs or the, i guess yeah i guess down in the catacombs we had the skelly ball rolling oh yeah and uh <laughs> i always think in my head like when you're farther down this the second skelly ball um before you get down to the rats and tarkus and all that shit um i always think in my head i have that like a song, the opening song, from, uh, 
is it step by step or whatever uh, from back in nineties television? Like I just remember. Oh, oh step by step, day by day. So that something grows stronger every single day. <clears throat> Which was that? Family matters. Is that what that is? No, no, that's family matters. I'm thinking of a different. I'm like, shit, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I'm, all I can think of is like music playing on a roller coaster when that ball is rolling. That's all I can get in my head. Is that so those guys are just having the best freaking time possible, and it's just like. You know, just uh, the, they look like they're having the most fun in the game as anyone, any enemy, any player, anything. They're better. They're having more fun than the, the fucking bone wheels. <laughs> Given the, uh, the the way that most NPC quests go down, they're probably the character that's having the most fun across any of the games, period. Like they're just having the yeah. best time to because they, they're doing what yeah. they love. Right. They're just rolling exactly. around in a big skelly ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But life doesn't get any better than this. Did you go on other deep vibes? Like, did you seek out other podcasts and YouTubes and things like that when you were? Well, I mean, I, I listened to you, you and Cliff and Vader for a while. Um, oh, cool. Dark and, Insight. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dark Insight. And uh, watched a lot of YouTube. I mean, people talk about uh, Master Kiss. He was uh, fun to watch back when I was doing some of the Dark Souls 2 stuff, like, especially when I got back and doing Scholar and watching some of his older playthrough vanilla. Um, uh, Fighting Cowboy also watch a bunch of him. Uh, everybody listens to Vadia, uh, Vadi and uh, Kraken's series is hilarious. Uh, someone talked about that recently on one of your more recent uh, release podcasts. I can't remember who said it exactly, but they were talking about Kraken's run through with Vadi and uh, Cinder Soul, and then Tomato got in there a little bit too. Tomato Gaming, um, but those guys are hilarious with uh edward ember pants run through i'm sure that there's a lot of people out in the podcast world that are listening to this right now agreeing with me <laughs> i'm sure uh, yeah yeah just, yeah and that's just the hilarity of co-op that's what you get that's the one thing that's really great about it whether you're invading or whether you're co- like sun rowing or dark mooning or whatever dark mooning <laughs> sounds so weird <laughs> or uh or whatever i mean that's like that is to me like that's the beauty of the game I remember being so terrified from in Dark Souls one of Invaders Man, especially when I did that like um such a little like <laughs> noob playing this game, uh over leveling my underskilled character. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I I one time I sat my wife sat and watched me, I was on the bridge, I was farming the Drake, killing the the hollows, and just for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours I got my character to a obscene level, well over one hundred, right? And because you can just level up at the bonfire, you don't have to, you know, travel to a Majula or a wherever a hub to do your leveling. And I leveled my character up so freaking high. And I had, you know, because you gain natural humanity or from just killing enemies. Mm-hmm. So I had like 30 or 40 humanity. I'm well over level 100 in the bird, not knowing what the hell I'm doing, level one anything, <laughs> like except for my actual level. And everything's wrong. Uh, resistance is. 20 uh you know like every everything shouldn't be that shouldn't be leveled up it's leveled up i don't do it i even had the book at that point but i couldn't understand the book like i feel like i was just at a some sort of like mental block for information and uh i was like you know what screw it i'm just gonna go human <laughs> in the berg <laughs> over level 100 you got new game i don't know how many the guy was <laughs> they came in but instantly i went human i walked out <laughs> from where the bonfire is right there in the beginning of the bird and it was invaded instantly by a very scary man murdered me oh no <laughs> like, was so demoralized <laughs> i had i had just like sitting on a ton of souls huge level lost all my humanity and then this was like so heartbroken i think that that was 
yeah, that was a, a big sad part for me uh, for that. But I used to be so absolutely terrified. And now when I'm invaded, I get excited. I'm really, really excited and happy to interact with somebody else in the game in whatever <laughs> capacity, whether they just want to have fun, if they want to like, you know, full on fight, like just whatever crazy mobs involved, whatever. It's fun. I get, a, I get a huge kick out of that. And, uh, yeah, it's, you, and you meet the coolest people too. It's so bizarre. You I was playing in the ring city with my buddy, John and my buddy, uh, C from Dusseldorf. And we're all playing together, which is crazy. There's a guy in Minnesota, a guy in Brooklyn, and a guy in Germany, all playing Dark Souls at the same time. Um, and uh, what was it? We got invaded by a dude who was in the UK. We didn't find out until after the fact. But he came in, and he was just, like, playing around with us. We couldn't catch him. And then my buddy John, like, found him and was like, I'm just going to gesture to him because John's real open and, like, ready to, like, make friends with people, even invaders or whatever. That's how John and I met was, like, through the invasion process of Dark Souls. He hit me up with a message and joined a game and we just became friends. Um, so John sits down, does the cheers gesture. The, the invader sits down, does the cheers gesture, too. John motions with the shield. The invader motions with the shield. John's like, oh, I'm just going to leave him a gift, you know, whatever it might be, something like a seed brow or something. doesn't matter. This. but uh, it's going to leave him a gift and he's like oh there's the invader and he comes and smashes him with his axe as hard as he can the uh the uh, nameless king's axe the lightning one and he's like smashes him out and then just like kills the guy outright we're like what are you doing he's like well he was the invader and i was like yeah but he was being a friend dude hit me up with the message I was like what was that like, i was like i don't know man like my my one friend was being cool i was on the other side of the map coming over like sorry about all that he's like yeah what the why so angry and i was like he just didn't get it you know it's cool no hard feelings and he's like yeah it's cool man happy souls and he's like yeah cheers mother see you around uh, yeah Maybe like crazy names like we did a run where it was like mighty mouse and danger mouse um we just did a ninja run recently where i was like ikata iso and he was uh masume date or only like only katana's dex heavy run so we do like themed co-ops that's awesome that's really all, cool like, and you're still private. doing that like today like currently yeah. as well nice yeah, yeah yeah i mean we've taken a little bit of a break because uh well with the uh last year we did those uh mighty mouse danger mouse and then the masume date run um, but then, uh, my, one of my modeling competitions came up and, uh, I was pushing really, really hard to finish a really, really big, complicated build that I was working on. So I had to like take a break from play the souls. And then once that cut out, that was, uh, the GBWC last year. And, uh, once that cut out, I've just been kind of like laying back and, uh, not really playing a whole lot in the way of games. Like I guess, I guess I don't, I didn't mention it, but I am back in playing, uh, Dragon's Dogma again because I saw that, uh, that was pretty cheap on the stores yeah that's yeah. a fun game I, I played it for the first time uh in 2017 whenever it came out on ps4 and xbox or whatever uh, oh right with the darker risen yeah yeah upgrade, right yeah. yeah and uh boy that game was because like that, that that's a game that suffered uh or that got that i skipped because of my soul's itis disease like i picked it up and i like mm-hmm. put it in the play ps3 and i was like why isn't this dark souls i just could go back to playing dark souls very, yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but finally, like with, with some years between it, uh, going back to it and like giving it a proper go, it was, it was, it was an experience. Like I, I like that game a whole lot. Uh, and yeah, it has a lot of cool stuff to it. There's a lot of stuff that I find kind of annoying, but a lot of it is also really cool. And the, the annoying like, stuff is 
like like your pawns chatting all of the time like eventually it just yeah. grew on me like it circled all the way around to where i wanted them to chat all the time so i think for me it's it's the distance with like the big expanses of having to run with the quickly depleting stamina bar because i've picked up too many goodies on the way mm-hmm. uh that was one one thing that i find is slightly annoying about the game but that's nothing that's such a, a non-issue to complain about <laughs> i found um, what does that say about my character and this is apparently something they did with either the the dlc or the or the remaster or whatever but they they apparently the on the modern versions they're really liberal with those teleportation stones um mm-hmm. so i just ended up like dropping those into far corners of the map and then would oh yeah port stones totally yeah yeah so or that you know because a lot yeah. of your uh a lot of your weird side quests were just like hey go to the further no. south that you can possibly go, go and it would take you like yeah, four to days to walk there port. and i was like fuck that <laughs> i'm just gonna oh, put I a port know, stone right? out there and be done so mm-hmm. yeah but that that game is so scary it does it does something that dark souls t- too or excuse me that dark souls does as well uh which is like makes that exploration like feel very risky and rewarding at the same time and it's just it, oh, that sense of dread as you're like as night starts falling and dragon's dogma it's just like going into a new zone in dark souls where you're like oh yeah. shit what's gonna happen yeah and the darks are so permeating in Dragon's Dogma. It really are. Even yeah. with your lantern on, even with the of uh, like the radius upgraded, it still does not light very much at all. And if you're fighting a chimera, or let's hope not, that crazy dragon that lives by the lake in the dark. Mm. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I went to... Uh, there, there was some place that was kind of... I think it was in like the south part of the map. It was on a cliff that was overlooking... Mm-hmm some ocean thing and uh mm-hmm. there was this weird like outcropping of rocks in like a very specific pattern i was like well, this has to be something like i know i can do oh, something yeah. with this and then night fell and then some giant like boulder monstrosity showed up and it was i was like fuck it let's do it and i've fought it for hours what i mean it, pro- it was probably like 20 minutes or something but like in that in the time of video, video game time it was you know days of my life around basically and it was right. it was intense it was it was one of those moments where i finished it and i was like okay that was i need a break i need to go take a walk <laughs> is that so okay was that a, was it a golem that you fought or yeah was it, yeah there you go so it was okay. probably a golem, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with all the purple uh, impact points and the uh, yeah, 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 monster. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And I was yeah, I was not prepared. <laughs> I was I did not have any any high level well, gear you, or anything. And, yeah, and if you don't know how, I mean, there's some of those things. I think there's one of those uh, one of those points of impact that you have to hit that's on the palm of the hand. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if he gets knocked down, his hands down. So if that's the only one that you've got left, and he's getting if he's knocked down, you can't hit him until he stands back up and decides that he wants you to be able to hit that palm of his hand. Like there's a real weird, like level of strategy that you have to take into effect when dealing with those kind of enemies too. And in the game too, the whole, the grappling with, uh, with the bosses, like say you're fighting a Griffin, you can climb on top of it and stab it in the wings. But at the same time, if you don't do enough elemental damage to it, the thing will take off into the air and it can shake you and throw you to your death. Uh, or you'll lose your, your grip because you're again, mining your stamina bar. Yeah. Um, but when yeah, that when sure. that game clicks and you have uh, like my pawn was a giant Sam Winchester and you see Sam Winchester jumping on a gargoyle and ripping out his eye <laughs> because he's leveled up his eye rip out ability or whatever they called it in the game. Uh, <laughs> right. it was, it's just it's just a glorious moment where you're just looking at it and like there's other pawns from other uh, some uh, other friends like casting magic or shooting b- tons of arrows. And I'm just like this fucking rules. This is so great. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, and the fact that you can use your, your friend's pawns. I have a friend of mine that doesn't play the game anymore, but he has a pawn that is still current. 
way back in the day that I use right now. It's uh, it's quite quite handy. Plus, he gets all the benefits from it too. I know whose pawn it belongs to, so yeah, I can shovel it good gear on the way out if I so desire. Um, Sorry, the, I, I didn't uh, mean to take us on a total dragon's dogma. To you, it's a great, it's a great detour. Are you kidding me? Uh, you talked about, you mentioned the the clicking. You know, a lot of people talk about Dark Souls clicking. I, I think I've even mentioned how I, I didn't, it didn't click for me. Even into two, it didn't really even click for me. Like, I didn't, the, I didn't make the connection between the armored core veteran that I have inside of me and the current Souls player until I was playing in three, and there was something that happened. I was just playing. I think I was playing alone, and I was, I might, I think it was when I was doing the the invasions for um, for the oh shit, I can't even think what they're called, the Dreg Bros, um, and I was doing all these invasions for them, and it was like somewhere in there, it clicked in my head. I was like, oh shit, this is Armored Core. Like, I see why I'm failing, the, like where I'm failing. Like, there's, oh, it's that, and like, of course, so. You know, and then your weight ratio versus your stamina drain versus, you know, the weapon and your movesets and everything. Uh, it really clicked in my head, and then that's when uh, I really got psychotic about the game. Um, there is a moveset that I discovered for the Black Knight Ultra Greatsword before people figured out the, some of the meta stuff, which is like the easy meta is just uh, two-handed R1 and then R2, which is the golf swing, right? So if you go for one, the easy meta for that is two-handed R1, and then do the two-handed R2, but reverse your character, spin uh, 180 when you do that because you catch the backswing and you stun the character on the ground. So that way, even if they have a fast recovery, you hit them, smash them onto the ground, turn around, you stun them, and then you can hit them with a golf swing almost every time. Nice. So there's a way that, that people yeah, there's a way that people will try to counter that too, is you can do, um, sometimes they can fast roll out of that. So if you're watching them and that's the way that they're going to fit, you can two-handed R1 and then jumping R2 right after that because it does the, two, the big overhead smash and then it does a leaping overhead smash that catches the roll from them rolling away. <laughs> uh, and that made me really, really aggravating <laughs> for a while <laughs> doing fight clubs and out, outside the uh, the pontiff's antechamber and uh, yeah, oh man, so much fun. God, this game is so fun, Jeremy. So as, as somebody who's put, you know, hundreds and thousands of hours into these games and has played so much of it, uh, you got to be excited for Sekiro, right? Like, are you are you into that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised you aren't already like metal crafting your own prosthetic arm thing. <laughs> <laughs> it may come around. I don't know. We'll see. Um, did you see that? Been, did you see that body video that came out? Like where he's doing like a like a contest for it. It's like, um, I'll, I'll send you the link because it's like win fifteen hundred dollars and design a prosthetic arm for Sekiro or whatever. So oh, I didn't know anything about that. I should look at that i've been, actually been staying away from secure media because i want to go into it raw yeah I'm like, same. Uh, okay cool yeah send me a link to that i definitely will into that that's cool i like making stuff but yeah so um, are, you, are you are you pumped for the game oh very much so yeah i, I mean i love all of those like style games back when i was a kid like tried playing uh like ninja gaiden or uh the onimusha games back uh back when the onimusha games were hyped those were so much fun uh, it reminds me a little bit of that kind of maybe not necessarily so capcom per se mm-hmm. but I look forward to that, um, like that almost kind of like man against the world sort of feel. Uh, I don't mind that there isn't going to be the co-op thing or any of that jazz. And I'm not worried about like, there is a lot of the, the stat min maxing and this and that, which is fun in dark souls and allows you for greater variety, but it doesn't, it makes the game easier. 
So you can craft your character towards your playing style as opposed to having to adjust your play style for the way the game is made. So with uh, the oncoming Sekiro and not being able to, you know, pump your decks or, you know, have tons of vitality or whatever, having to deal with situations and only use the tools at hand, like the ones that are designed through the game, I find that that challenge is going to be, it's really, I find that really exciting for whatever reason. It's just really got my interest peaked. Interesting. What about after that? Like if you, if you could whisper in Miyazaki's ear, or like what would be your, your dream from software project? I'm guessing it's going to be <laughs> armored core or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I really love armored core uh, as an idea, right? And it, the way that they, they played it, it was kind of like a transformer. There's a co-op that they did one where it was definitely set up for more head-to-head arena-style battles with some, like, minor, you know, sorties to help teach you the mechanics of the game, give you a base amount of gear and credits to buy gear with through doing missions and stuff like that. I think that that would be really nice if they took it back a little bit to simpler times. It's where they were with the last armor game, as I remember. I think I mentioned that before, where it's a lot of <clears throat> a lot of number crunching, and you need, like, a degree in calculus to be able to build a good character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't got time for that. Um, <laughs> but that's, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, I like your idea of the Western Souls uh, with the uh, popularity and the quality of the Red Dead Redemption games that have been out. I think that you could do something cool that was kind of like a darker, like a gunslinger kind yeah, of thing, yeah. right? Um, but, uh, you know, still throw in some of the aspects of the Souls mechanics. Um, I guess that's that's what I would say. Nice, yeah, I'm, I'm into that. Like, I could be into. I'd love to see a modern armored core game, just because uh, I feel like if I tried to go back to the previous games, like they're they're not all like available on easy platforms for me to play on, and they all seem kind of. No, even that, they're hard as heck to play. I, yeah, like I guess I have I have two, and it's it does not play well. I uh, I kind of like I'd want to see a new one just because there'd be a especially now that from software has gotten kind of huge and popular I'd, I'd like to be like a part of that zeitgeist that was everybody trying to figure out everything about armored core all at once and then you know mm-hmm. seeing, seeing how fun that would be so oh yeah have you looked at uh, ace combat the new one that's out I, I have a little bit I have like a kind of a weird weakness for flying games I think like just growing up in arcades playing afterburner every opportunity I, I just like have that kind of instilled in me but there's something about those Ace Combat games that don't quite do it for me, and I can't really figure out what it what it is. So I I haven't oh. I, I didn't buy this one. Uh, I didn't I didn't I meant I wanted to try a demo of it, but I couldn't find a demo anywhere. But I, I watched like mm-hmm. a quick look, and I was like, eh, eh I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I loved uh, four for PlayStation Two, and that. Uh, it's, it was, that's a fun game as well. I think that the new one is going to be all right. I too have a an addiction to flying games a little bit. Uh, I do love it, but yeah, maybe they, if there was an aspect where they could get into that kind of like realistic esque, uh, like if they could make the mechs or the what have you like more realistic, less like a big cartoony variety. I like more. I like more. I want more realism. Give me more realism from software. <laughs> you want more numbers to crunch. <laughs> bring the scare back into my life come on (laughs) well brian thank you so much for guesting on the podcast and talking with me this morning i really appreciate it absolutely jeremy it's my pleasure where can you be found on the internet should people want to seek you out Uh, i am on most of the platforms um instagram twitter and on the discords and 
Facebook? Nah, it doesn't matter. Anyways, but under Bro Builder. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, bro underscore Builder. Oh, and YouTube. That's what I was thinking of. I'm on all of those platforms uh, under the uh, subhead Bro underscore Builder because I'm a builder and I'm everybody's bro. <laughs> well, very cool. I'll uh, I'll make sure to, you know, if you want to send me some links of some of your examples that you want to show off, I'll put them in the show notes for you. And then, uh, yeah, let, let people go take a look at all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, as always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to various ways to support the show, whether it's leaving reviews on various podcasting sites, uh, signing up to pledge over at patreon.com, uh, where soon there will be some exclusive content. I don't know exactly when this episode will be coming out, but uh, definitely pay attention to the Patreon if you're excited about exclusive Don't Give Up Skeleton stuff. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with another great guest. Until then, remember, don't give up skeleton. And we're good. All right. That was great. Thank you very much, man.